It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe, and this is Best of the Best, where we talk about some of the most iconic wrestling matches in the history of the business. And this week, we've got a great one. We have got Viva La Raza, Eddie Guerrero versus the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, No Way Out. Unbelievable match, Mr. Briscoe. That's right, John. And, and, you know, Eddie, of course, ties into your career so much and you can see some of the growth that he's making, but what, what I'm looking at too, is, is we, we got a, a pretty young Brock Lesnar here and Brock is kind of on his own and you can kind of see that personality that Brock is bringing out nowadays in his interviews and promo uh, skills uh, that we're going to see here shortly. So I think we're in for a hell of a treat with this match. Yeah, we are. And Josh, if you'll cue it up and get it rolling, we're going to listen to one of the greatest promos leading up to a championship matches you'll ever hear. Let, we'll lay out and let you listen wait to it. For Eddie Guerrero, and here's the tail of tape. And I'll tell you, size advantage goes to Brock Lesnar. I'm not sure if I'd even give Eddie the quickness advantage. I, I personally think Brock is just as quick as Eddie, but Eddie's got a little bit more experience. Brock, Brock Lesnar is the WWE champion for Eddie Guerrero. Tonight offers a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, a chance to win the championship. For the first time ever on network television, a Royal Rumble match. The winner gets a shot at the WWE title and no way out. Here's the double team. Rikishi eliminated. Wow. We're down to two. Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. The apron almost eliminated. And a right hand by Latino. Uh -oh. Kurt Angle's in trouble. Another right hand wow. by Eddie Guerrero. Kurt might be playing possum. Kurt Angle going to suplex Eddie Guerrero. And he's gone. And he's done. Eddie Guerrero's going to be eliminated here. Uh -oh. Uh oh. Eddie Guerrero just countered. In front, Kurt Angle. The back hell? into the ring. Kurt Angle eliminated. Eddie Guerrero has got a shot at the title. The 
Santino Heat is heading to San Francisco to meet Brock Lesnar at No Way Out for the WWE Championship. Congratulations, Eddie Guerrero. But let me tell you something. I am not afraid of you. The only thing I have going for me is that every obstacle that's been put in front of me, I have overcome. Come no way out. You're not fighting the odds, Eddie. You're fighting me. I really hope you are addicted. Addicted to losing. Because at no way out, you're gonna get your fix. Truth is, Brock, I am an addict. But you know what, Brock? I am beating those demons. I am overcoming those obstacles. I disgraced my race. I disgraced my family. And I disgraced myself. I came to a point in my life where it was do or die. Day by day, I have earned my way back into this ring. When I step into this ring, yeah, bro, I am addicted. I'm addicted to the high that I get from them. I'm addicted to the do or die feeling, Holmes, that I'm gonna have at No Way Out because I'm an addict and I'll do anything and run over anybody that it's gonna take to get that around my way and get my high at No Way Out and become the WWE Champion for Alevato. I'd call that a heck of a promo, wouldn't you, Mr. Frisco? Oh, John, I mean, it, it's one of those goosebumps that we all get in the back. You know, when we, we, we appreciate talent just like the fans do. And when, when they lay their hearts out like Eddie and Brock, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's just mind-blowing backstage to look around and look at the expression on different guys' face and see the, the intensity that the promo builds up. And we're seeing Brock Lesnar at an early stage of his career come in and do some of the stuff that, that we're seeing nowadays in, in his career. So he always had it. It's just that he didn't need it because he, we always had a mouthpiece. Yeah, you had a mouthpiece, which is kind of unusual because normally you give a mouthpiece like that that the champion or whoever it is doesn't talk hardly at all because they can't talk. But Brock can. He could then and he can now. It's just you just had a great team with him and Paul Heyman. Correct. And this is going to be a heck of a match. Let's get rolling this thing, Josh. The emotions that both of these guys have they, that they display in that promo, now they're going to come in this action here. Brock, what a beast. I mean, that's an overused term, of course, with Brock Lesnar, but look at that. Look at that beast right there. How would you like to be a 17-year-old college freshman looking across the mat at somebody like that? <laughs> and thinking, how did I draw this? Yeah. <laughs> And the story, you know, Brock using that power, you know, Eddie's so, so bright now. That's, you know, a lot, a lot of Eddie's, Eddie's uh, uh, assets and that he was so bright in the ring and he just knew how to make each and every opponent. When you're small, like Eddie and myself, you learn how to work with these beasts or you get eat up by them, you know? And so uh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie's definitely not going to get eat up because he fights back. 
Yeah, and it's a real art. X-Pac had that art. Right. X-Pac knew exactly how to work with big guys and always make it make sense. You know, just little things in matches, you know, where the little guy shoots the big guy off. It just – and it kills the, the realism of the match. Look at this backdrop. Yeah. Holy cow. You know, Barry Wyndham used to take that huge high backdrop. And Barry's six foot seven or whatever he is, and he can take yeah. the highest. But he always scared me. I always thought he'd go break his leg because usually he was so damn long he would he would catch catch his legs and and the and the ropes cross from him. I'm working with Barry Wyndham one time, and he goes press slam me, kid. And I got these I got a bad shoulder from football, and I said I, well, I don't know if I can. And and he, before I knew it, he's up on he's up on top of me. <laughs> he, he he put himself up there. He was another one of those phenomenal athletes like Brock. I mean, uh, you know, what do you mean compare Barry with Brock? Uh, because the athletic Barry might not have had the college credentials, but Barry was was a world class athlete. I mean, all he needed was a break in football, and he probably would have made it. That's right, and as smooth as he can be. Randy Orton reminds me a lot of Barry Windham. How smooth? How smooth Randy is. There's a group of those young guys like Randy and Edge and and uh, and uh, those guys. They they all had that similar makeup in them, you know, that athletic, long, lean body. Look at Brock's power that again. Is, Man, that, that's hard that, to do in it, John. Just catch that is almost up. next to impossible. You know, and, and Brock just caught it. That that wasn't leverage. You know, you you hope the guy lands on your shoulders. Eddie missed his shoulders a little bit because he was spinning, and Brock just caught him. That's power. That's power. Look at this. <laughs> you know, people talk about, you know, Eddie being a smaller guy, and he, and he is compared to Brock, but Eddie was still 230 pounds or, yeah, or Eddie, more. Eddie was still a big guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You compare Eddie to a normal person just walking around, Eddie's a big guy, not compared to Brock or Big Show, but. But when you're in a world of 265 and two, 300 pounders, man, you know, you're 230 or 220, you, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah, have a disadvantage, but you know, that, that ability and that, that intestinal fortitude will make up for it 99% of the time and the confidence. And, and Eddie was certainly wasn't lacking for confidence. You couldn't tell Eddie, he was a small guy or he'd fight you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd be, and he'd be happy to. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture of some like huge brawl one time, and I think Chavo, uh, his his nephew, told me he goes, "That looks like our Thanksgiving." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, here's what's so great about this match. You know, this is the ultimate underdog story. Normally, you go out there, you shine the baby face, you, you polish them up, make them look good, but they're telling the story so well of fighting from underneath. And Brock is just guzzling Eddie right now. Eddie keeps fighting back, but everything Eddie does, Brock overpowers him and you know i really think that was probably eddie's choice because eddie eddie knew he wasn't brock lesnar he, he knew he wasn't that size so as a baby face like that you want to go out and you you want to be on that receiving end so you can start you know getting your game plan getting 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 your philosophy going and uh, when you're selling like that it gives it, it, people just don't realize a salmanship like like eddie Guerrero. It's so much easier when you make that pop, that comeback after you've gone down and give, give them a right. signal like that. And Eddie, Eddie, Eddie was so bright, as you know, and, and the ring. I mean, you, there were very few guys could match his ring intelligence. And you look at it now, they haven't done anything fantastic. 
it's just been good, solid work, and they've really started to build the heat on Brock. They haven't gone over the top rope. They haven't done all kinds of crazy stuff. They've just done simple David versus Goliath story, which is one of the easiest ones and one of the best to tell. And this match here, you know, let's don't forget the historical value of it. It, it kind of sets the tone of, of a guy's size like, like Eddie and like Chris and like uh, 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 the other Chris and, you know, that those guys like that can get the people and get the confidence of the people and make them believe that they can beat somebody like Brock Lesnar. So it opens the door. That's that to me, that's the historical significance of this match here. Yeah. And you remember he brought over Eddie and the guys from WCW and, you know, Eddie's first match, he breaks his arm. Right. And I felt then, so bad for it. Remember that he did that frog splash, man, what a beautiful frog splash and, and shattered his, his forearm. And they, they came over pretty much as cruiserweights. And, and then you realize that these guys have huge value as heavyweights. As performers in the ring. I mean, just, you know, as all around uh, good, good, good professionals. I mean, they, they just, you know, the work ethic. And, and I remember that time you could just hear those crowds starting to build for for Eddie, for Ray, for Jericho, for Benoit, you could hear them starting to starting to bowl, you know, get behind them and everything. And it was such a wonderful feeling uh, for you were just happy for these guys that, that made that move over to us. Brock has no idea how strong he is. <laughs> it's just unbelievable how Brock is manhandling Eddie Guerrero here. And little Hebner, what what a good referee! Oh, uh, little uh, Brian Hebner, right? Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian Hebner, Brian, yeah. Brian, Brian worked his way into that because he he was the craps when he first came to us there, but, <laughs> but with the mentoring of, of his uncles and 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 the other crews that we had, the Jack Dones, Mike Kiotas, and and uh, Jimmy Corderas, and all all those tremendous referees we had. It's like a talent. If you don't rise to the occasion, you don't get put in matches like this. This That's is right. Yeah, because the referee has so much importance in these matches. You got to be able to relay messages. You got to relay times cues. You got so much you got to be able to do. And you got to be the liaison without letting the whole world know that you're the liaison communicating with the guys. And Brian became a really good, really good referee. I was had Brian in so many of my matches. I love being out there with Brian. You know you've made it as a referee when the top guys started asking for you in their matches. When when you started asking for Brian, we knew that he had made that made that step forward. That's right. We were in a, after the heart attack angle with Eddie's mom. We were in San Bernardino or somewhere, and some fan jumped in the ring. And before Eddie or I could get to him, Brian had punted him like Pat McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> he punted the guy right in the face. Wow. <laughs> Just like his dad. <laughs> Earl, Earl would punch a fan in a heartbeat. Earl loved it. I think Earl loved doing that. <laughs> now, Dave, Dave would try to talk him out of it, you know. And <laughs> Earl, Earl and Brian would just punch him. Brian got that from his old man, I'm sure.
And just, it's so, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world. You have the baby face fire back, the baby face fire back, and all of a sudden you kill him. You know, that's just what Brock just did. It, it just, right when you get those people coming, 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 you just crush them. Just give them that little tease, man. Just get them right there and boom. You're As Skandar Akbar used to say, we're going to leave them just like they love it. Miserable. <laughs> Miserable. <laughs> And see, th this has been almost all Brock. You know, it's not, but you got a, enough of Eddie fighting that it's just made this story fantastic. Now, you see, when, when Brock came over there and Eddie, he watched the people in the crowd, they're starting to stand because they, they know Eddie's just right. You can see them dancing in, in, a, in the background there where they're, they're, they're trying to encourage Eddie to come on, come on, because they know Eddie's got that fire and they love it when he busts open. And when I think shows my favorite, it, he shows it. Yeah. My favorite move by Eddie is when he's doing that the quick ratchet dance. <laughs> you did it better than, than he did, though. The, yeah. I would tell him I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just that innate charisma that, that you get with some guys that they have it or they don't. And see, once again, th this is great psychology for those out there watching. Eddie is beat down, beat down, beat down, and Eddie makes a great move, but he doesn't do anything offensively. He does a great move by ducking out of the way, but Brock hurts himself and gives Eddie an opportunity, and you get some separation to let the people start getting behind Eddie. Good thought there. That's exactly right. Now, now you got a chance to take advantage of that size and, and get a little momentum going. And now you do that LaPlanche over the top rope and it makes perfect sense. You know, it, it, all of a sudden, Eddie, just out of desperation, I'm going to jump over the top rope on Brock because I don't have much else left. It, it's not where, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand here on this top rope and let people cheer until I jump over. It was that desperation move that, that it made sense. And that was their first big move was that LaPlanche over the top rope. Exactly. Just shows you you don't need all those flip flop and flies on 90 mile an hour. No, you need Shakespeare. And these guys are giving us to us nice, 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 not a slow tempo, but just the right speed where it's it's not boring you to death with what they're doing because they're not doing, as you said many times, they're not doing anything real exciting. They're doing the basic, but they're doing the basics better than anybody else at this point. Another little percussion move, you know, to get Brock down. Eddie's getting his, getting his breath back, coming and back. One thing that's so underrated about Brock is his ability to sell. Right. I mean, you look at Brock in between. He, he's grabbing his knee. Look at that. Eddie chopped his knee just a little bit, and Brock's selling it and letting people know that it's hurt. I don't know where the heck Brock got that because he wasn't in the business that long, but he picked it up as fast as, like Kurt Angle, picked it up in, yeah. like no one I've seen. Well, John, uh, you know, you mentioned two guys. Brock's an NCAA champ. Uh, Kurt, an uh, Olympic gold medalist, and a two-time NCAA champion. These guys are athletes. They're all American athletes, and, you know, they're going to pick up stuff. They, they're used to being coached. And they're used to taking the fast lane because they're, they're quick learners. And, you know, wrestling is wrestling. <laughs> what a great counter. Yeah. <laughs> This is such a good match. 
Now, all right, he's working on that leg that, you know, Brock went over the top. Boom, he hurt his leg. Then they come back in, uh, and he kicked the leg, so it hurt again. So now they're taking advantage of that. That's part of the storytelling. And, brother, that's a stiff hold there. You got that, <laughs> I hate you, that hold. You got Seniors. your heel up next oh. to your chin, and that chin's coming back to your heel. Cena there ain't used no to put comfortable that on position me. there, is there, Doc? <laughs> Cena, Cena used to put that on me, and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't do anything. Oh my god! I'm and gonna, then, that, his I'm body's laying right off. across your torso too, where you can't take those deep breaths. <laughs> That's right. That hurts. He can't breathe. It's like that stupid uh, camel clutch. <laughs> I'm gonna tell the sheik you said it's stupid move. <laughs> hey, jabroni, hey, jabroni, he's coming find you, jabroni. That's right. That jabroni, Mr. Shaw's, he don't know what, what it is. <laughs> That's right. Back to the leg there, telling that story. Yeah, but he's he's going for that. Uh, he's going for that Indian death lock. He's not. He wasn't going for the figure four there. He had it underneath. Something not not seen very often. Now, you know, people say Eddie's small. Look at Eddie's body. I mean, that, that's not a small body. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful man there. And as we always used to say when a guy grabbed the right of anything, wrong, wrong limb, amigo. Yeah. Because, because <laughs> the, the Mexicans would work the right arm and the right leg. And the Americans would work the left arm and the left leg. And the Mexicans generally, when they were in the States, would work the left, you know, because that, because everybody's almost, almost everybody except for you is right-handed. And so you want to, you want to work the, the non-punching arm, but Eddie's working his right leg. And Brock's so young, he don't know. He's just selling. <laughs> no, Brock's <laughs> just selling. <laughs> And it's just such a great psychology. You, you put, all you do is put a chink in the, the big beast armor with that leg move. Eddie makes that move look so seamless there. I did that with him. I don't know how many times, maybe a hundred times. And it, it was like, he wasn't even there. Wow. You just go to lift him. The next thing you know, he's there. Wow. A death lock again. No, that's the, that's the upside. That's that's the figure, figure four. four. Damn it, Eddie! <laughs> now you got the giant down. Now now the giant selling. It's just such a great story that they're telling. Now, this is another move there, John, and you can back this up. That's painful as hell. Both of your legs are, are intertwined there, and you're, you're bound up there, and it's it's hard for your calves and, and, and your muscles to kind of spread out and relax because they're all balled up there. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I hated sitting in this thing, you know, working it, trying to get out of it. <laughs> it was miserable.
And now it's getting to where it's almost even. You know, now Brock is, has sold enough that both competitors now, after Eddie's been beat down for so long, it's starting to get where it's almost even, and Eddie has almost the chance. Whereas at the beginning of the match, he didn't have one. That's what I mean about, and you mean, about this, this great story that they're telling. Now he's working the left leg. He's, he's, he's switching. <laughs> or Brock. <laughs> Now he's put it on. Now he's put it on the other side. You know, well, he was on the other side. I like the way Eddie just seamlessly switches from that, from that uh, working that toe up to the neck there, just turn it's one so, turn of his body, and boom, and you're in jeopardy all of a sudden. You know, it's these guys that do it like that, like uh, like you and Kurt and Eddie. It was, it's, it, it, they know you know so much. It's so easy to go from one move to the other. It's like the like the European chain wrestling, you know, like William Regal or Dave Taylor or Finley or St. Clair, you know, that, that European style of going from one move to the other. Well, here's some brutal suplexes there too. Belly to back. Yeah. Suplexes are are, are so so fragile to pull off you get you got to be just right on your time or, or somebody gets hurt as we've seen here recently they're really really difficult moves to do and the skill guy wow. going perfectly yeah that's right and you want to have somebody like brock who if, if something is a is awry they can make up for it with strength with the power yeah That is a spine buster right there. Holy cow. Wow. And you know what's amazing about this match? And you see it some with Roman uh, today, one of the guys that's really over, is you got a lot of holds being worked. And look at the people. They're into every bit of it. They're into it. I mean, they understand the jeopardy that they're in. They, they picked the right time in the match to go into the hole. That's right, John. And that timing to go into a hole like that's very critical to a match's tempo. And uh, these guys here, they just felt it in, in the ring. You can feel when- Hey, look, let me stop it. Look at Eddie calling a spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, the, the tempo of, of going into these holds there, and, and you know, a lot of people, well, they're rest holds. They're not rest holds. They're, they're, they're holds to describe. They're describer holds to me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's right. You know, Vince and many people always would say, you know, if you do something, give people a chance to digest it. Give the people a chance to turn and say, hey, did you see that? Oh, my God, that was incredible. But if you're doing one thing <laughs> to the next, you never allow the crowd to catch up. Not only the crowd, but you announce team in out there too. You know that, John. When a guy gets so far ahead of you, you feel like you're behind all the time, and you're not, you're not lagging behind. It's just they're doing stuff so quick. <clears throat> but these guys are giving the announcers time to describe what they're doing and what they're feeling. That's right.
And again, look at the way that Eddie ended up on the top rope. He, he drops down, he drops Brock into the turnbuckle, and he just rolls and climbs straight up. It's not one of these things where you, you make a big presentation about, I'm going to the top rope. It just, you took advantage of a situation. <coughs> like falling from a large tree. <laughs> Bro, I think Brock potatoed himself in the yeah. turnbuckle. <laughs> that Brock will run into anything. I know, and he does potato himself a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's busted himself open more often than anybody else has. Well, who in the hell in their right mind would bust him open? <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, that people can see, even though all Brock is, has a, a waist lock on him, but they know that weight that Brock's putting on down there with the shoulder is, is causing Eddie, Eddie not to be able to recover right. So that, that's an effective hold there. Yeah, and Eddie selling his butt off makes it too. You know, Eddie has that crying look. I mean, it's just a master class in storytelling. And what's amazing about this is Brock is new to the business. And, and this is an incredible story. I understand he's out there as one of the greatest of all time, but he's doing his part. He's more than doing his part. Just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying watching Brock's facial expressions and coming from a collegiate background like he did. You know, that's hard to do for, for somebody that, that's had all that, uh, that amateur training. Right, because the one thing you want to do is not sell anything. We caught a glimpse of Chimmel there. Hopefully, they can uh, Josh can edit I hope, that. Out. I hope that's the only glimpse we get. <laughs> <laughs> Please, well, Chimmel. That's right. Was it uh, Chimmel that got uh, super kicked by Shawn Michaels that time? Yeah. <laughs> the boys really enjoyed that. Yeah, that that was the the, the hour Iron Man match, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Brett uh, ducked out of the way, and <laughs> Chimble takes it on one of on one of his chins. <laughs> one of his chins. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee you, when Eddie turned around and saw that blood coming from Brock's nose, he got a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I always said when uh, you ask somebody, are you okay? You know they're okay. What you're really asking is how mad are you? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know they're okay. You just want to know how mad they are. Yeah. And you could tell by they're okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's always a pleasure to watch. I mean, I, I love going back and watching his matches. I just love the style. You know, it's a combination of so many different uh, different genres of our of our business. And Eddie was an outstanding amateur wrestling uh, wrestler in his day, coached by uh, by Chavo Senior Chavo Classic. I didn't know Chavo was his coach. Yeah, I think he won the state title under him. 
I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> what the internet correct somebody? Yeah, no, never. The three amigos. There they come. You know, moving forward, I had no issues at all with that Logan Paul kid doing these things. I just thought it was a tribute to Eddie myself, and I thought it was wonderful. Because the guy yeah, did him, the guy did him great, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, I never had a problem with guy. I, I met Logan Paul when he was there, and he was so respectful and just nice as he could be. I've never had a problem with anybody coming to business part time when they have so much respect for the business like Logan Paul does. You know, and they work their ass off. You know, if they come in and they they treat a business just like a sideshow or something, I, I have a problem with it. But those guys that come in that work hard and put in good matches. I think it's wonderful for the business. I do too, and they're welcome. Yeah, now, very well. There was that great frog splash again by Eddie. And Brock rose out of the way, and Eddie getting to sell it a little bit. Now you think, you know, we're getting to the end of it. You know you're getting to the end of it. But is Eddie yeah, the fans pretty much know. Once you miss a finish, now, you, now you're getting to the finish. At F5, there you F5, go. F5, you knock down little Hebner. Now you're really, as a fan, you're really, okay, something, what's happening? What you look at the fans, they're looking for the aisle to see if anybody's coming. Look at them. Look at them, they're looking. They, they know point, something's yeah. coming. They don't know what. Wake up there, Brian. Look at them. Look, all these fans are looking straight now for the aisle. Looking, looking, looking for help. help. Yeah. Brock gets frustrated. Okay, nobody here to count. I'll, I'll get him. What's he going to do now? Here we go. I'm going to get a weapon if he's going to be done. Why the hell a 300-pounder need a weapon? <laughs> they gave Ken Shamrock a bat one time and had him choke me out. I said, why are you giving the world's most dangerous man a bat? Of all people. <laughs> of all people. Oh, this is a uh, lie cheating steal, right? That's right. That old title, that was the old traditional title. You know, after Cena got it for me, he turned it into the spinner belt, and I've changed it, you know, several times since then. But that was the old, the old title. I love that belt. Me too. Is it a belt? There's <laughs> what they're looking for right there. Where in the hell did it come from? Okay, now they're thinking, now what's happening? Now it's all even. You know, this, this is what's the great part about a, a great finish is both guys are out. And so you, you, you don't know what's going to happen next. Oh, man, Funk used to call that the scorched earth uh, finish here. All those bodies down, scorching the earth. <laughs> bodies everywhere. He used to have those old Wild West finishes, man, where there are 10 bodies in the ring. <laughs> Score surf tonight. <laughs> Look at the crowd. They are getting into it. And they are selling a long time. Grab that leg. One, <laughs> two, kicks out. Damn it, Brian. 
This is a build here. This is the fun part of a finish in it down where you just. Yeah, look at Eddie. Yeah. Oh my God, this is the greatest part of the match ever when, when you're in it because you've all the work's done. Yeah. You've got the crowd, you got everything done. Now it's just theatrics. It's playtime now. Yeah, now you know you got them. You're thinking, okay, Hayes in the barn, work's done. It's time to have some fun. And look at Eddie, this is all Shakespeare here. Yeah. Same with Brock too. And, and, with, and with little Hebner. Look at Brock playing his. Look at Brock. They're just milking it. Look, look at the people. They're all the they both, they both feel the, they both feel that crowd. Like we always say, you gotta feel that crowd. They're feeling it here. Whoops. Little little deployer. F5 coming up. DDT onto the belt. DDT out of the F5. Onto the, on the title. Onto the title. We can call it belt hair, John. <laughs> I won't tell. Joshua made that made stooges. Yeah. Frog splash. Yeah. Wake up, Brad. <laughs> All of a sudden, the referee comes to. Look at the crowd, though. Look at that crowd. Wow. That is insane. Ooh. I don't think anybody expected Eddie to win. I mean, I think people thought he could win, but I don't think they really, really thought he would. And Jimmy Tillis and Jimmy Noonan. Two good great guys there. Oh, great guys. You know, Jimmy Noonan's uh, sister is Peggy Noonan, who was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's, wow. she's a terrific writer, everything. Yeah, she writes all the time for different uh, editorials and things. Wait a minute, did you ever hear Randy Reagan's speeches? <laughs> yeah, she wrote it early, early in his presidency. Okay, what is running? Okay. And there's Eddie's mother. Well, I gave a heart attack. You, you caused her to have a heart attack, did you? That lady right there. That's right. God, that, that nice was one of the most despicable things you ever did. I gave her a heart attack. I tell you what, man, we, we got... Bondo, we, those, Bondo Guerrero's brother. You know, the, the Guerrero family, I mean, you know, we harp on Eddie and we hop on Chavos, uh, the two Chavos, but they're... Mondo's, uh, Hector's, and and the old man. I mean, that entire family, historical family in that west of southern Texas down there. I mean, you know, you yeah. mentioned wrestling. It's the Guerrero family or the Romero family. One of those two. They intertwine so much in our history. Yeah, and Hector was a heck of a worker, man. You know, he was he was the gobbledygooker. You know, not that that yeah, he got stuck with that damn gobbledygooker, and they, you know, it kind of identifies his career, which is really unfortunate because the guy he, was a tremendous worker. He was a great worker. And, you know, Chavo uh, Jr., uh, Eddie's nephew, not uh, Chavo Classic, uh, is now working, I think, doing the stunt coordination stuff for The Rock and Brian Gewertz with that show. Well, you know, he came to that because his uncles were in Hollywood first. Now, maybe he got that directly from The Rock. I don't know. He's Chavo Jr. is certainly qu qualified to do it. He does a wonderful job. People rave about him. But his brothers, uh, his uncles, uh, Eddie's brothers, 
were in Hollywood years before doing stunt work and stunt coordination work. And the, the Guerrero brothers are very talented guys. Well, he's doing a heck of a job with that young rock. And, uh, and I got, I think he did something with that glow wrestling too, when they were being televised, when they did that series, he did. I, I think he was the, uh, the coordinator of, of wrestling for that one too. So this family, I mean, they're, they're a multi-talented family and uh, not just one of them. The talent wasn't just blessed with one of them. It was blessed in the entire family there. Well, that was the first uh, of a trilogy that we're doing on Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, when he won the championship versus Brock Lesnar, the next, next night he walked out there, and you never know when somebody gets a championship, if that championship, they're going to grow into it, or if the championship is going to swallow them up. The next night when Eddie Guerrero walked out, that place went so ballistic. Uh, Jerry, I, you, I know you remember. It was, I never, I hardly ever heard a pop like that. And I heard Hogan, I heard Stone Cold, The Rock. That pop that Eddie got the next night was yeah. world class. You can't, you can't, you can't top them. I mean, uh, that feeling and uh, everybody was just uh, backstage. Everybody, everybody was so proud of Eddie. I mean, it was what an accomplishment. Here, here, this guy come in as you say, what part of that invasion deal, and kind of just lingered there, and kind of, and all of a sudden he started getting that steam, and you started listening to the crowd and how he was getting over. And pretty soon Vince had that smile on his face, nodding his head. Yeah, let's go with this guy. And when when he he, he gave that approval, go with him, man. Eddie took that ball and he scored. Yeah, that was uh, one of the matches that we're doing in the trilogy. Depends on when you're watching this. The other matches that we have also on our YouTube channel uh, that'll come and play right after this will be uh, when Eddie Guerrero found a way to carry me at the uh, Staples Center, our first big pay per view match that was so bloody. And then uh, at what Eddie versus Ray, one of the greatest storylines ever, fighting over the custody of Dominic. All that's available on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe and like it. For Mr. Briscoe, the Oklahoma legend, WWE Hall of Famer, I'm Brad Shaw. Thanks for joining us.